Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! We like, like the juice, juice huh? Yeah. Juice is good. Very good. So good. the cashing out podcast i'm scotty vegas with anthony rothman and Moneyline mark and it was a uh, another interesting weekend in the nfl uh i got a i got a story to tell uh, about a man who was very greedy and mm. didn't hedge well, and hear this story yeah and lost out on a humongous opportunity all right. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, Anthony, I think what was the headline of the weekend for you? What was the one thing that stood out? The one thing that stands out to me is how the when you're betting a certain team, how you have to root against certain things to make that bet cash. And I'll give you the example. So 72, 70 plus percentage of the money was on the Titans against the Saints, and they were laying three. And, you know, Vrabel's in the running for coach of the year. They've got a solid D, no Kamara. And the Saints had a two-point conversion that got that, that would have tied the game that got wiped away because of a false start. Now, if you have Tennessee and you're laying the three, you're praying that the Saints tie that game so you can at least get a push out of it or maybe, dare I say, win the game if they score on the first touchdown drive. So it's so funny to me how if you have Tennessee, like you have to root for the Saints not to screw that up and score on the team that you're betting against so you can get into overtime and try to get out of there alive for a potential overtime for a push or cover and you don't get it. The other part is how funny it is when you think about the Seahawks 14-5 and against the spread as a dog their last 19 games. Here comes Russ. They're coming off a bye with Russ. You could have given me 500 to one on whether they'd be shut out. And I wouldn't, you know, I, it's crazy. And they don't score a point. And then, you know, the Buccaneers were a 10 point favorite at Washington. You might throw them in as some money line value and then get cracked and they lose outright. So it, those three observations, and then you get Kansas city who's two and seven against the number and six versus teams with winning records against the spread. And they thump them. So the moral to this story is no one knows anything, and whenever you think you got it figured out, you're screwed. No one knows anything is absolutely correct. I love it. I'm going to get into several of those because those will be a part of my greed story Mm -hmm. soon. But, Mark, what was the headline for you this weekend? Matt Jones just shredding the Browns, uh, just destroying that defense, and then just, you know, taking the heart and soul out of that offense. You know, a week after – they went down to Cincinnati and just, you know, pummeled the Bengals. They followed up and go to Foxborough and just completely lay an egg. You know, just awful in all aspects. You know, the Browns' identity is clearly Nick Chubb. It clearly is. And for some reason, even though Dearness Johnson had, you know, some moments and he's had moments and you think like, okay, maybe anybody can run behind this line. It just seems like the whole team gets gets a ton of confidence from Chubb when they know he's back there. And, you know, almost, I think it's Caesars, they said 88% of the money was on the Patriots, so they were on the right side. And it's just crazy to think, Mark, how good the Browns are in the trenches and how bad they were 
on Sunday. They couldn't pressure Mac Jones. And by the way, he's sub 60% when he's under pressure. Uh, the experts played the under on that game of 45. The Pats scored 45 themselves. And, you know, the Browns offense, 17 or fewer points in five of their last seven games. And so it would make sense to bet the under and look at that game goes over. It's so weird. They go 85 yards on their first possession running the football with Dearness Johnson, and they get shut out for 55 minutes. I can't, can't, you can't make this stuff up. It was incredible. It was incredible. I, yeah, you're right. I was in on the under two, and the Browns give up 45 points in the game. Let so. me give you, and by the way, one more quick example about over and under. So you and I are sitting at the tailgate. We're talking about over under against Purdue. <laughs> yep. And, and so we're sitting there and it's, and we're out there doing the tailgate mark all day. So we know how cold it is. We get it. And, <laughs> and the wind gusts are going to be, that's going to winds are going to be 16 gusting up to 27 miles an hour. You've got teams that are going to come in here and Ohio state's offense has been struggling in the red zone. Purdue certainly can sling it around, but they have no real running game on a cold, windy day night game there were 90 pass attempts in that game no picks both quarterbacks 82 percent and 77 percent completion and the game throttles the over under just throttle just crushes it and i was leaning under because of all those reasons going into the game and there were what 90 points scored i it was it was incredible because I was standing there. I you and I were freezing cold. You at least had a little heater that was yeah, that keeping I was you warm. The heater. That's how <laughs> it was putting enough blood in my hand so I could write. But the wind, the wind was unbelievable. And right as as you were ending the tailgate show, I said, Anthony, I think I'm going heavy on the under, which was 65. It was 65 and. I was like, all right, I'm going. I'm going on the under because of this wind, this weather. This is going to be a miserable. Purdue might try and shorten the game. Uh, well, the, the the over basically was done at the end of the first quarter, right? It was thirty. They had thirty five points in the, at the end of the first quarter. It was twenty eight to seven, and so of course it was it was done for. And I couldn't have been more wrong <laughs> standing out there. Um, but yeah, that was incredible. I but I have to tell yeah. that you guys this story about a greedy, greedy man this weekend. That was me. So I do a parlay and it's, it, I put, I decided to stay away from most of the games on Saturday. So I put a big chunk on this parlay on Sunday and Mark, I, I, I texted you this parlay uh, yep. in the middle of the day and the first, you know, the, the early games I decided, okay, I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take the bills on the money line. Okay. Which was basically a layup. I was going to take a, another layup on the money line. And then I was throwing in the saints at plus uh, four and a half. I moved it up to plus four and a half. And then I was going to throw Seattle uh, on uh, at plus four and a half in the afternoon, the, the later games. And so the first three end up coming through. And so I've got a big dollar amount on the last game, the Seattle game. And I could go into it and I could hedge because I had Seattle at plus four and a half. Well, I did not hedge. I kept waiting and waiting, thinking, okay, Seattle can get on the board. And if that happens, then I could, then I could hedge and maybe try and window and win both ways. And Seattle just could not get on the board. And so I let a potential $2,000 payout just die just die by Swirl. not hedging. 
greed well all right cost me let's let's talk about this for a second because i do think that in that kind of game you had to think at some point that maybe Seahawks would have a lead. That's exactly what I thought. At any point in time that you wouldn't think it would be from kick to finish that they would be trailing the whole game. But even if they did trail, if it's a close game, which it was, it was three, nothing at halftime. You're still covering. So let me ask you that. Was there any in your mind to make a bet at halftime with the Seahawks trailing three, nothing. I don't know what the spread, the second half spread would have been. You could have gotten it out of it. It So you must've still felt that even at three, nothing, that I got to see this through. You know what killed me is I knew Seattle was getting the ball to start the second half. Right. And so I was like, mm, I'm going to hold off because if Seattle could get a touchdown, then I get an enormous window. He had strikes to the end zone too. And I could have gotten out, but I, I would have only been able to get out as a, as in a true hedge with no window. And I wanted to try and get a window. So throw a thousand dollars or th- whatever on, uh, on on basically on trying to do like Green Bay money line and try and mm. maybe hope that Green Bay wins by three or four. And I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for Seattle to score, and it never happened. And then I just had to sit there in the dark to turn the TV mm. off, sat there for about five <laughs> or six minutes, just so angry with myself. <sighs> you I don't, know, those are two yeah. great quarterbacks, and neither one of them looked very good in that game. Yeah, the Seahawks at kick getting four and a half. I could see why you thought you were on the right side of the bet. I mean, that's a pretty good number to have with Russell Wilson coming back. Aaron Rodgers didn't practice all week. Like, you felt like, I got to wait and see this through. Like, that's one of those where I'm not going to blame you completely. I'm not even sure what you would have hedged and when and how. Like, if you were talking about hedging at kickoff because of the payday you had... You could have thrown twenty five percent on the Packers. What would you have done on the money line or lay the? How would you I, have done I it? I probably would have laid the three. So I had bought it, so. it to four and a half. Okay, but gosh, you know, I, I stared at my phone that entire game, waiting for the moment for to oppor- strike, waiting yeah. for Seattle to to get on the 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 in the Green Bay side of the field. They weren't even getting uh, past midfield in the first half. You had to feel like that maybe at halftime that they had they got shut out at half. You had to think to yourself, well, they're not going to be shut out today. So your mind had to be in the right place, which was, okay, they're due. They got to get in the end zone. And Green Bay is not running away from me. So I could also see why you're like, okay, well, I, I avoided hedging and maybe I'll be able to come back and win this bet because, I mean, that's, by the way, it's three nothing at the end of three quarters. Like you're still winning right. the bet. Right. Like it's not like you were. Like it was one of the one of those things where I should have hedged, and and you had no chance to get out. Like maybe that's the most frustrating part of it is you just kept waiting and waiting and waiting to kind of get on the right side, even though you technically were covering after three quarters. Exactly, exactly. So, all right, couple of tidbits from the weekend: underdogs go nine and four mm. against the spread this week, which actually now makes them hitting. Underdogs are covering the spread at a 58% clip right now. We've got one team, the Packers, that are 9-1 and one against the spread, and they're actually the first team to cover the spread in nine of their first 10 games since 2016, which is pretty incredible. Um, you had a tie yesterday. You had the Lions and Steelers end in a tie. 
just a ridiculous. But Mark, I guess here, here's my thing now. I don't know what the hell. Who do you trust? Who do you trust for picks? How do you how do you figure out how to handicap the NFL? I don't. I just don't get it at this point. It gets more and more difficult as the year goes on. Like there's so much unknown in the beginning of the year, and obviously there's still a ton of unknown, which is a, a little strange. But like you know, if you ask me, you know, prior to, to uh, Thursday, if the Dolphins we're going to manhandle the Ravens. I would have said no way. If I thought the Patriots were going to manhandle the Browns, no way. Uh, let's see a couple of these other games. that You, were just, you would not have uh, had Washington winning outright. There's no, no way. No. Nope. And then Lions-Steelers tie. You know, even with Ben out, I didn't expect that. Uh, just, just a crazy, crazy weekend. And it's just, there's so much parody in the NFL and, even the Chiefs finally showing up after, you know, a couple bad weeks in a row. Um, Mahomes just exploded and looked like the old version of himself. Maybe they just needed that extra time off. I don't know. Um, and then even just the, the Packers showing out the Seahawks, you know, a lot of momentum with Russ returning. Um, that was one of my upset picks. So I was with you on that one, Scotty. But it just, I mean, I, I, I'm at a loss for words. This was a wild, wild Sunday. I actually had the you know the Chiefs. I thought they'd have a sense of urgency. They kind of knew that this was it, and they got Kelsey back into that offense. They just found ways to get him. They they chip and released him all night. They lined him up in the backfield like he was a master at selling that he was not going out, and then he would, and they knew it. And he and he had guys that were making plays for him too. I mean, uh, certainly uh, Reek was great, and and Mahomes was himself. You're right, but. Um, the only, the things that may have, I mean, we know the obvious that surprised us. I pretty much thought the Cowboys were going to have an angry game, and they did. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the ones that I wouldn't have thought of, exactly what you said. There's no way Lamar's going down to Miami and not rolling. Like, that That was bizarre. Uh, the other ones that probably surprised me, uh, I thought even the Cardinals, you know, they now without Kyler, they're, they're, I didn't just think the Panthers have been a mess. And so them just going there and destroying them was kind of funny. The Vikings going on the road and winning outright against the Chargers. You know, I did not think everyone was talking about Zimmer getting fired and the Vikings, how, you know, they're probably going to quit on him now, all the whole Dalvin Cook stuff. And they go in there and they went outright. Kind of knew the Eagles were going to beat the Broncos once the Broncos had the offensive line guys out. And but it was it was the it was maybe not as much the results, but the scores were so crazy. And that's yeah. what made it so hard to to win against the number this weekend because they were just so bizarre. And I and I was the one that thought that the underdogs were going to regress, they was going to come back because last week was so tilted. You thought it would have to come back a little bit, and it just didn't. So I can't tell you, Scotty, whether it's just ride the dog all the way out now um, or just try to lower the amount of teams you put in your parlays. I don't know, but the, we have got to find our way out of this. And the NF, I mean – Books are loving it. I mean, it's. I've always had this theory that Vegas never has. Vegas is not in the business of telling you what's going to happen. Vegas is in the business of knowing that something will happen that you're not thinking of. And it always happens, whether it's an injury, a bad call, something that changes a game. They don't care. They've been built on that something bizarre will happen. And we're all sitting here trying to play it logically. And there's just no logic to That's it. That's a great point. That is a yeah. great point. We're trying to think what 
actually would be Should most happen. likely right. to happen. And what's most likely to happen is something you can't expect no, to happen. And I asked Scotty this before we started the pod, Mark, about what it, and he asked you this as well. What is the way to attack the NFL to try to win? Is it over-unders? Is it teasers? Um, is it, it certainly isn't money line parlays anymore because those aren't always coming through. You're always going to get screwed on one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I, I'd need someone to chart over-unders on, on how much they're coming through versus um, this underdog favorite stuff. Because if you can tell me there's a big percentage of games that are just always going over, then maybe that's the way to go. But it, I, I don't think there's any rhyme or reason to any of this. Uh, you'd think that you would know based on it being pros that it would be more consistent. Why is college easier to bet than pros? It's probably because of the less parity in college. And so yeah. the the teams that are supposed to be better are usually better. And in the pros, the teams that are supposed to be better aren't always better because they're playing other pros. It, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, speaking of the college game, I've got a couple things I want to throw out at you guys uh, college-wise, okay? First off, I've got a, a couple hypothetical lines that I want you to kind of guess at. So first off, the and these lines are coming from the Circa Sportsbook director. Uh, he he was asked about these lines, so I'm going to ask you guys what you think uh, these lines would be. First off, Alabama and Georgia, number one and number two in the rankings. If they were to play on a neutral field this week, then we know they will be in a couple weeks. But if it, if it was this week, what do you think the spread would be on Georgia, Alabama, Anthony? What do you think first? Georgia, Bama. Um, boy, that is tough. It's weird because certainly the brand of Bama carries weight here, and they'll be in a must-win situation against Georgia. And so I think this will be a little shorter than I expected. I'll say, um, boy, I'll say Bulldogs favored by uh, four and a half. Mark? I'd say Bulldogs two and a half. Okay, you guys are definitely in the neighborhood. He said that they would have Georgia favored by four right now. Right. So four and a half. Yeah, that very close. I would have guessed it around a field goal. Uh, another hypothetical line, Alabama and Ohio State on a neutral field right now. Who would be favored and by how much? Mark, you go first on this one. Uh, I would say Bama, and I'm going to go with two and a half again. Okay. This is Bama-Ohio State in a Bama, semifinal? Yes, a, a neutral site game. You got Bama favored, huh? Wow, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I, I, would have, I would have Ohio State as a three-point favorite. Okay. This uh, the sportsbook manager, Circa Sportsbook Director, says – Right now, Bama, a two-point favorite on a neutral field against Ohio State. Now, we know this one's coming up. What about a line for Ohio State at Michigan? Okay, so this one's coming up. Right now, if he had to place this line, what do you think it would be? Anthony? Um, I would say, I mean, if you had to put it out there right now, sure. I would say Ohio State 
favored by ten. Mark, I'd say Ohio State favored six and a half. Okay, Ohio State favored by six. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Boy, all they'd have to do is win by a touchdown, and you cover. I would, I would, I would be willing to give the points. Oh yeah, I mean in this I mean I'm not saying rival. I mean the rivalry game has been weird throughout, but it's been one sided. I don't know as far as ATS. We'd have to look at that, but uh, we know that we don't believe. I mean you don't believe it till you see it with Michigan, and they certainly have the running game. They certainly have the defense, and they they come in off a very improved season, but that hex that still hangs over it. Is, is bigger than six for me. Now, one other interesting thing is basically the way they generate these lines is they power rank these teams, mm-hmm. right? So they've got, uh, obviously, they've got Georgia at one, Alabama at two, Ohio State at three in the power rankings. Fourth in these power rankings is Michigan. Okay, so he's got Michigan at four as far as the the betting power rankings, and that's why he only has it as a six-point spread. He thinks very highly of Michigan. But I think this is very interesting. You know how who he has power ranked number five, the number five. Now, you can throw the rankings out, right? It's not Cincinnati. Who do you think power rankings-wise for a Las Vegas line would be fifth in the country? Mark? You got a couple guesses? Uh, yeah, that's tough. I would say Man, you, you caught me kind of on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. You got you got any guesses, Anthony? As far as who the who the Vegas is power ranking? Yes, at five. Well, you've already basically we've already got Georgia, Bama, Ohio State. And Michigan at four. And Michigan. So it would have to be it would have to You threw Cincinnati out? I'm telling you it's not Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Vegas does not think Cincinnati is the fifth best team. Now this is this is just going on what they would put point spreads at on the field. Okay, so we're only talking about like the actual uh, if the, these matchups occurred, not who mm-hmm. deserves to be number five in in the country. It's who they think is the fifth best team in the country right now. Well, the logic would tell me it's Oregon. It's not Oregon. It's not Oklahoma. It's not Cincinnati. Notre Dame. It's not Notre Dame. So it's Oak State then. It's not Oak State. Oh, come on. But it's a team that is Ohio State is very likely to play. Number five power ranked is Wisconsin. Oh, man, I almost said that one. Didn't even go there. Can you believe that? Didn't go there in my mind. And you know what? They're right. They're playing as good a football as anybody right now. You just don't think about it because of the rankings. They're barely in the top 20. They were barely in the top 20, and that's it. That's why my mind didn't go there because I didn't look at them as a potential playoff team. But you're right. If they get one crack at Ohio State, you never know. But they they are pounding people, and they have, they have you know, right now, I, mean, I don't know how you feel about, certainly about Purdue and Iowa. We know about Rutgers and Northwestern, but they are obliterating people. Yeah. 
I I, I will tell you the top five or Big Ten. Yes, yes. Wow. As far as the 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 betting power rankings, Ohio State three, Michigan four, Wisconsin five, Oklahoma six. That's that's power rankings according to Vegas Sportsbook. Again, that has nothing to do with the record. It has to do with how these teams are playing right now, and Wisconsin's yeah. playing great. And I will tell you this. Of the final three games, to me, Wisconsin is the one I would be the most worried about for Ohio State. And I know it's, you know, the indoor factor benefits Ohio State. And I thought maybe Michigan. I just don't think Michigan can score with Ohio State. I think Wisconsin and that defense and that running game, Mm -hmm. and I think they can absolutely give Ohio State trouble. They stopped turning the ball over. And once they stop turning the ball over, they're actually a pretty good team. And they have the the recipe. You're right. Well, Michigan feels they have that same recipe, running the football and playing defense to try to keep Ohio State's offense from and not giving up the big play. But you're right. It's that's a, a team that, you know, is almost top ten in running the football. And if you can do that, and they don't give up a lot. Their defense is very good. So they've got two boxes checked just like Michigan. We can run it and we can D it up. Problem is they haven't faced an offense like Ohio State has. And that's that's usually the difference is that I try to judge them off of, you know, they lost to Penn State in the very beginning of the year. They lost to Notre Dame. They got thumped by them. They lost to Michigan. So they kind of were out of sight, out of mind because I didn't really, you know, you're beating Illinois and, and we didn't think much of Iowa anymore. When they went to Purdue and thrashed them, that kind of opened my eyes. And then they didn't have a letdown against Iowa. And so uh, I could see what you're saying. No doubt about it. Wisconsin has something going right now. Their identity is pretty true. All right. Before we get into the Monday night football game tonight, just some updated national championship odds. You've got Georgia at minus 150, Alabama at plus 375, Ohio State at four to one. And then you've got the huge drop off. And then you've got Oregon at 22 to one. Oklahoma's at 40 to one Michigan's at 40 to one Cincinnati's at 50 to one before we go to tonight's game. If you guys had to guess the rest of the season, how it plays out, how would you put the four playoff teams guessing? And you you got to guess at future results too here. Not give me the four teams that would be in there. Now I'm saying at the end of the year, after all these results, who are the four teams that'll make it? Anthony, go ahead, you want to go first? Mark, oh, go ahead. Fire away. Um, I'm going to say Bama. Do you want me to list them in order or just list them in general? Uh, go in order. So you're saying Bama put, beats Georgia? I think they're going to. Um, I got Ohio State, two. I got Oregon, three. And I have Georgia, four. It's a really good thought because I I would think that it's going to be very – I mean, I was the one that said last week on the pod that I would take Georgia against the field because I still think they could lose to Bama and get in. So Mm -hmm. I have have that, you know, get-out-of-jail-free card with them and maybe they could circle the wagons and get back in. Um, It feels like to me, though, and I I just – I know that we think of differently of Bama once they get in that game. And because that's going to be a win, it's going to be such an urgent game for them. They're going to play, Bama's going to have to play Georgia 
like that's the national title game because that's it for them. And so I'd like to lean Mark's way here and say that they could do it. I just haven't seen enough yet out of Bama to trust that that's, that urgency is going to be enough to carry the day. So I'm going to go uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, and Cincinnati. Okay. Yeah. So I had to do it today. I, I also have to, right now, I would have to think that Georgia beats Alabama. So I would go Georgia 1, Ohio State 2. By the way, you have you have Oregon. Oh, you have Ohio State passing Oregon. Yeah, I do. Because of the, the strength of schedule. I, I just think body of work at the yep. end of the day. And they may even pass them this week. They may pass them tomorrow night. But yeah. I, do, I do feel eventually they will. Yeah. So I... In projecting forward, I don't think Oregon is going to win the rest of their games. In mm-hmm. fact, I think they could lose this week at Utah. Um, so I would go Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, mm-hmm. Cincinnati 3, which how sweet would that matchup be, Ohio State and Cincinnati in so the semifinal. Good. And then number 4, I think is I would probably, and I think 4 is going to be one of those like wide-open debates because I, I think Oregon will be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably go at four of the Big Twelve champs. Oak State, yeah, yeah, Oklahoma, the winner of Oklahoma, Oklahoma mm. State. So, well, and you bring up a good point as far as you know the Ohio State Oregon rematch. I think would have would have some teeth to it potentially. Ohio State certainly be favored. Um, I think that if Bama goes out, I think Bama's the big problem now that Oklahoma's gone. At least in my mind, they are. I, I don't think they're they're gone in your mind. I just think that Cincinnati's going to get in there if if you get that if your prediction comes true and Oregon loses I just don't know how you're going to keep Cincinnati out no with Oregon and, and I had Cincinnati yeah, at yeah. three yeah now the other thing is if if Oregon does lose which you said that they you think they might and we get and Bama loses a close one to Georgia then you got a little bit of an issue between then it could be Georgia, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Bama, and then you leave the Big 12 out. Yeah, or Notre Dame. Or potentially Notre Dame. That's right. No, that's right. That's right. I, I just the the problem with the the seeding then you'd have if they if they if they cuz the only way Bama gets in with a loss is at 4. We know that. So, if Georgia stays at 1 and Ohio State's 2 and Cincinnati moves up to three, then you'd have a Bama Georgia rematch right away. Although you could sell me on a final four of Georgia playing Bama in a rematch if it's a really good game, and then Ohio State playing Cincinnati in oh, the other semifinal. It'd be amazing. But I don't no. I don't yeah. want to see Bama get in with two I don't losses. Think, and I don't think they will. I don't think they'll break precedent by putting them in. So you'd put Notre Dame at four or the Big Twelve champ at four? Yep. Yeah. I just don't – they've never had a two-loss team in there. The whole world would have to stomach Bama being the first two-loss team to be in there. And I, I don't think this is the year that you reward them for that. Probably I, I just, not because, they number one, they haven't been looking great in games. And number two, they don't have any great wins. I just think they know. SEC, SEC's down this year too. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let's do a couple uh, uh, thoughts on tonight's yeah. game. Can we? <laughs> can we do something? Yes. Can we yes. make it easy on ourselves and just get a dub somehow? That'd be nice. Just bet that Odell Beckham has one catch. Is there a prop on that? Because um, <laughs> we need something, man. It, it, I, and by the way, all these overs, you know, because you have to do these props, everything has to be over. To parlay them. And yeah. we've we've seen some ugly games and we just can't get there. I mean, what what? give me a prop on OBJ tonight. What What's out there? Just feels like they're going to force it to him. Uh, so receiving yards is 33 and a half. Uh, receptions is actually, he's not listed under receptions. So I just, I only see receiving yards for him. I mean, obviously this could go either way. He could, I mean, he is going to play, correct? It's all that is correct. Have you guys been reading anything yeah. different than I have? Yeah, no, I think he's playing. Okay. Everything I saw yeah. he's playing. No. All right. So, oh, you know what? I do see his his receptions at four. So they think he's going to average under 10 yards a catch. Yeah. I don't think the yards on that. Yeah, I kind of like the yards too. I'm telling you, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it because I'm – I just feel like on prime time on Monday night, his first game, I am telling you, he is going to want to have a game. It doesn't mean he will. Yeah. I'm just saying of all this lackadaisical OBJ stuff with him where he kind of, you know, sulks if he's not getting the ball, he can't do that on his first game on Monday night football. Like yeah. he's got to be the ultimate team player, which means he may not get 33 and a half, but I'm absolutely willing to bet that he does. I'm with you. I'm all in on that. Let's do it. We got Odell Beckham. What else? Well, I mean, you could also, you know, it's always possible to talk Cooper Cup. I mean, it's it's probably a high number. I mean, he's the front runner for Offensive Player of the Year. And, uh, you know, this is, he's come down a little bit, but I'll tell you, he's got a pretty good matchup with, uh, with Norman and Mosley and Williams. Like, I, I just feel like he's the guy. 97 and a half. So he has to hit 98 that seems, yards. Yeah, that seems high, though. That's a tough one. I I just figure with, if we're going to, if Odell Beckham is going to be involved, then that could open up Cup a little bit. Any now, play? his volume in the slot might be, might be big. It, that's true. Yeah. Underneath. Yeah. yeah. What about number of catches? I, I'm almost yeah, give more me that. interested in that. Seven and a half. Yards. What is it? Um, it is eight. It's right on eight, so we have to get nine? No, he would have to get eight. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, I think there's good value there. I, I would agree. Yeah. I would go over. I would, I would take that. Okay. What about anything with the actual game? The spread is three and a half. The over-under is 50 and a half. I think the Rams are going to win by more than that. I do like the Rams tonight. I do too. You want to put them in there? Yep. Let's add the Rams minus three and a half. Okay. We probably should add Stafford too since we got those two wideouts. Yep. I, I also think Rams score over 27 points. What do you think about that? 
Uh, I'm going to take a look at that right now and see what, what's been going on with them. I mean, Stafford has been a little feast or famine lately, but mm-hmm. I would say that you're probably in pretty good mode there. Let's see what they're average. So they're averaging 29 a game. And I'll give you what they've got in the last. Plus, they smell blood in the water now with Arizona. Like, they could really get back in winning this division. All right, so they're coming off a game where they scored only 16 points. The previous games, they've gone 38-28-38. But that was against Houston, Detroit, and the Giants. Previously, 26 against Seattle, 20 against Arizona in the loss, 34-27-34 in the beginning of the year. Generally speaking, that's they're a pretty good bet, but they are on the road tonight. And I don't – I mean, I do like rooting for points, and you're right. If we're rooting for receptions and all that, I could I could get them. You say it's 27 and a half. We got to get them to 28. It's, it's 27. Mm-hmm. So 27 would be a push. 28 would win. And, and look, we have them covering the, the three, three and, and a half. half. Uh, I could be talked into that. It's not an awful number. And then, okay, so then the last one I think potentially is we look at Stafford, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. You yeah, like large. So his touchdown number is over two and a half touchdowns. What are his yards? Um, his passing yards are two hundred and eighty-six. Kind of like that. Doesn't seem crazy. Let me give you a little uh, game log on the old Matthew Stafford. Uh, We've got we've got uh, two ninety four, three oh five, three thirty four in his last three. Then we go to two fifty one against the Giants, three sixty five, two eighty, three forty three, two seventy eight, three twenty one in the opener. I I like this. I I think we'd be on the right side of that. What's the number again? 280? 286. Mm. Then we got to throw one last prop in there. <laughs> Do we look at completions? 25 for Stafford. Carries it's on the higher end for Henderson or or Mitchell. I'd be I'd be willing to go Mitchell. 16 carries. Well, I don't know about number of carries. I just he's got catches. The guy the guy does a lot. And I'm going against him in fantasy, so it'd be a nice mental hedge because he's going to have a good game. I know he will, so I got to go against Cup tonight. Yeah, that's no fun. No. Well, then you yeah, and you got the mental hedge with us here, so um yeah, Mitchell Let's see what Mitchell. we got. Mitchell's receptions are low. It looks like if this is accurate, two and a half. I hate rooting for guys who don't get a lot of receptions to get receptions. Caught five last week, but he was a he was he was not catching passes in the prior games. You know, I, I don't I don't love that. I kind of love what are his yards? His you, receiving yards no, or just rushing, rushing yards? yards? His rushing yards are six. No. Yeah, 63 and a half. Ooh, that's high. 
Yeah. That's high. Yeah, Stafford like over three and a half rushing yards. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one I I, no. I would I would pin my hopes to. But <laughs> no. uh watch him take off on the first pass attempt. Um we definitely need one more. We could throw Cooper what? Cup to score a touchdown. Or Van Jefferson. He might slide under the radar since they have uh, OBJ there now. But then we're going heavy on Rams passing offense. Way heavy. Yeah. I almost think maybe we go Cooper Cup to score a touchdown. All right. I like that. I like it anytime. I like a touchdown for Coop, for Cup. Okay, so here's the play. Ooh, the odds are terrible. That's because we were building a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really terrible odds. Yeah, that makes sense. No, no, five to one for these six props. That's horrible. Come on. Five to one? Yeah. That's that is not, kind of garbage. That's not good. Well, that's, that's good too enough. bad because it felt like a winner and the odds are telling us it is. <laughs> I think let's get the Cooper Cup receptions at eight out of there because that's given up some juice. And let's throw in Cooper Cup to score the touchdown. Oh, gosh. Terrible. That's garbage. And I got nothing for you then because we had, I love the OBJ. I love the Cup touchdown. Okay, what if we do? What if we stick to a four-way feast here? Stafford two hundred and eighty-six, Rams minus three and a half, mm-hmm. and to score twenty-seven, and Odell Beckham over thirty-three and a half. That pays a little more than four to one. Just those four. That's all, that's all we'd have to root for is four things. What did we take out? We took out Cooper Cup's touchdown and his uh, number of receptions. Cups out completely. Yeah. All right, so all we have is Stafford, the Rams covering, the Rams scoring more than 27 and a half, and OBJ. I mean, is there anything with the, the 49ers you like? Uh, I like Mitchell. I think he's... But you didn't like the 64 rushing No, that yards. was a little high, right? 16 carries? That's not awful, but let me give you his game log. Eight... 18, 18, 9, 17, 19. So he's had two that where he hasn't done anything. Okay, here. I, I So actually I can throw in his number of carries at 15 and we can get up to 8 to 1. Mitchell? With Mitchell, yeah. 15 carries. He's beaten that four times this year. And recently, right? Not last game, but the previous two. 15. Then we would have to think this game will be pretty close. That's then. the other problem, right? Is that they got to be able to give it to him 15 times. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah. It would have to be a kind of a higher scoring game. Or you leave him out. We just ride with the four to one. We were desperate for a win anyway. Okay. Okay. Let's leave it out. We'll go yeah. for the four to one. Let's go for it. Maybe a maybe a, it's a all more. About, yes, it's about winning. More possible. Okay. All right. We've all right. got there. Our, you go. Stafford two eighty six and a half over Rams minus three and a half. 
Rams over 27.5 points. OBJ over 33.5 receiving yards. Love it. Lock I also, it in. Yep. And all three of us are in on the Rams tonight, which probably means the 49ers will win big. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing we've learned. That's that's what we've learned. All right. That is the Cashing Out Podcast. We will be back next Monday, and it'll be Michigan week next Monday. We'll see you then.